Odyssey original podcast in the huddle with Brian Baldinger and Carl Dukes covering the entire NFL. A lot, I mean, the NFL is year-round, as we know, Jason. Obviously, you got two yeah. coaching hires today. Derek Carr officially released. There's a million places we could start. I guess I'll just start with Derek Carr because it's quarterback and there's quarterback rumors and movement all around the NFL. Uh, what is your the latest you're hearing and maybe your expectations on where Derek Carr will visit and where his interest is first and foremost? Yeah, I mean, look, obviously the Saints, I mean, that's well established at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, we we kind of know what the deal is there. Uh, he, he, you know, could have been there already if he wanted to, but he wasn't going to waive that no-trade clause, and you might as well have the ability to talk to everybody. And, and, again, we'll see what the price point is for this contract and how long it is and for how much money and whether it ends up being a prove-it type deal. Um, but the Saints certainly will, will have some interest Um you know, I think Carolina would kick the tires a little bit. I'm not sure that's the direction they're going to go in. I think they really want to draft someone and, and develop them and, and throw their arms around um, that proposition. I think the Jets absolutely positively will have some interest here. Um, I know there's people there who you know who want Aaron Rodgers, but there's, there's no guarantee they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants them in particular, Nathaniel Hackett or not. Um, and if you lose out on Derek Carnell, you know, and you lose out on Aaron Rodgers, then then you really start having um, a bit of a drop off from there in terms of who's available. So, yeah, I mean, I think three, four teams, you know, in, in reality, will will look at him um, pretty exhaustively. Um, you know, Washington maybe a little bit. I, I think they really do want to go down that Sam Howell path, um, and I think Carr will probably be a little bit more expensive and and might feel a little bit too much like. You know some of the stuff they've done already with Carson Wentz. So yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I've, I've had him to the Jets. I think that's where he ends up. I think that's the best Woody Johnson can do. Jason, but I was told by all the folks for the Jets organization that they were running it back with Zach Wilson. Oh were they, sure. Were yeah, they lying right. to us? Oh, there's a lot of people who carry a lot of water uh, <laughs> who will who will parrot whatever is whispered in their ear, whether it's you know grounded in fact. Or not, um, I guess that's just the business. But, no, that, that, look, Woody, whatever people want to whisper to reporters is one thing. The, the, the owner's pretty much on record coming out and saying, yeah, like, we got a quarterback problem, and i got plenty of money sitting in my pocket to try to fix it. So I'm going to follow the money, you know, not uh, pay all that much attention to the BS that, that people say to, you know, reporters when they're trying to uh, serve a certain agenda. All right, we got two head coaching hires. Jonathan Gannon leaves the Eagles, heads over to the Cardinals, defensive coordinator there. And then Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator, heads over to the Colts. Uh, two organizations that have certainly had uh, their issues. I don't think there's any question about that. That's oh, yeah. usually what happens when you've got yourself a head coaching vacancy. They're the last two hires to be made. Uh, for the Eagles, I mean, you're losing both coordinators after going to the Super Bowl, which is certainly going to be difficult for them. But let's just focus right now on those two jobs and those two uh, organizations, the Colts and the Cardinals. What do you think of really just both of those hires as a whole for the Cardinals and the Eagles? Well, the, look, the the Colts and the the Eagles. I'm sorry, the Colts and the Cardinals jobs were the two least attractive. Um, they're dealing with you know some ownership groups there that have have done some curious things. You've got obviously the specter of having to try to put Kyler Murray back together again, and and I, I don't know that that's going to be. Um, a particularly easy task, and we also don't even know when he's going to really be able to play football again, and you're going to be installing new systems and processes and all this, and he's going to be basically, you know, getting mental reps through it all. That's 
that's suboptimal. Um, and then, you know, I, I think Jim Irsay, if left to completely his own devices, would have just brought Jeff Saturday back. But, you know, there are other people in that organization who do have some say, and I think ultimately Sanity um, ruled there. I, I, I mean, look, I, I think both these individuals face an uphill climb. Um, the Colts have to identify the right quarterback, and, and they've got to build him up. Um, and, and I don't know that there's any sure thing in this draft. I, I just don't. I, I don't like, – like, that owner's spoiled. He's had a Peyton Manning and an Andrew Luck fall in his lap. None of these dudes is that. It's, it's not – none of these guys come in and change your franchise overnight. I, I just – I don't think – people I talk to have evaluated them. Don't think that's what you're getting here. It's going to be a, a bit of a long haul, and, and you're going to have to um, get a lot of things right along the way. So I'm shocked nobody hired Lou. I mean, I am and I'm not. I, I'm shy. I say in one hand I'm shocked nobody hired Lou Anarumo, who I think has just done an absolutely tremendous job the last couple of years. But then again, I'm not shocked because these, these processes are often flawed. They're often skewed. And rarely do m- many of these owners get it right. They just cannot pick the right people and leave them in, in place long enough to do their jobs. So, um, you know, Godspeed to both of them. Let's talk about uh, Ravens hiring their new OC, Todd Munkin out of Georgia, who I think a lot of people thought was going to be the OC again in Tampa. Uh, what do you think about that hire? How does that transform? Obviously, a lot of issues in, in up in the air around Lamar, but how do you yeah. think that that changes sort of the complexity of this offense? Well, I think the, the the Lamar Jackson equation is everything. And, you know, I, I'm very skeptical that they get something long-term done with him. And I think they're going to trade him. But we'll see. Um, but I, I like the hire. Todd Munkin is, is – I love what he did in Tampa. Um, he had one year in Cleveland where it was really rough under difficult circumstances. Um, and they even did some, some pretty interesting things there as well and then going back to the college game and and resetting there and doing it at a place as formidable as georgia producing all those nfl players you can do a lot worse than that but um he likes to attack teams all over the place i love what he's done over the years in the screen game and the ravens have a back in jk dobbins who should be seeing a whole hell of a lot more of the football in the passing game and i think that's about to change we'll see um he's been around and developed wide receivers his whole career as a wide spent a lot of his time as a wide receiver coach can he get Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay to be who the Ravens thought they might be when they drafted him? Um, and then, yeah, who is he working with at quarterback? I, I don't know. But either way, I, I, I like his attack-minded mindset. You know, he's a guy who believes in early down play action. Um, he, he's not afraid to chuck the ball all over the place. And he's had a fair amount of success at college and the pros without working with too many great quarterbacks. I mean, this is a guy who a few years back had – Jameis Winston and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick combining for 5,384 passing yards and 36 TDs. They threw 26 picks, which I don't think you can put on Todd Munkin, um, and that's why they didn't have more success. But I, I think there's some very interesting things there, and, and him going to Baltimore makes sense to me because, it's, you know, is Todd Bowles on a one-year situation there? Uh, I mean, the Ravens quarterback situation ain't great, but Tampa's might be worse. I mean, they've got Kyle Trask and nothing else. You know, Mike Evans, Godwin, or at least one of them kind of, you know, leaving. Is Ryan Jensen going to hang it up? And they've got all kinds of cap issues, too, from going all in with Brady. And um, so you have to have some concerns about that. Baltimore, 
the defense is who they think it is, if you can score 21 points, you're going to win most weeks. 17 might win you, you know, other weeks too. That's what I was going to ask, Jason. You mentioned, you know, Todd has done a lot with a little in terms of his quarterback play. Would you say that it's more likely that this hire was designed to lure Lamar to stay? Or is this hire a symbol of planning for life after Lamar with a mediocre quarterback? Um, I don't think it's either. I think it's Sean Harbaugh getting a guy who he's most comfortable with, um, who he thinks is going to be able to do the job, and who's proven in the past that he has done the job. No matter which direction they have to go in at quarterback, um, he's never been someone who's looking for the next boy wonder. You know, the idea that he was looking to pluck somebody off McVay's staff, I just don't think that's sort of how he's wired. He doesn't want a 33-year-old, 36-year-old whose goal is to become a head coach in two years. You know, I just that's not the model he looks for. I think he was going to look for, an, if he could get him, an established play caller at this level who's also had success in the college game. Remember, the defensive coordinator last year, they went back to Mike McDonald after he spent a year in Michigan, and someone who could speak Harbaugh's language, who, who would be a little further along in his career, who um, I think he could relate to more. And Munkin checks all those boxes. Again, be careful what you listen to in the media. The idea that Lamar Jackson had anything to do with this hire is absolutely – I don't think they get Lamar Jackson on the phone right now. Like, in the middle of this complex wow. negotiation that's been going on years, to think that Lamar Jackson is going to sit there and evaluate coordinators and say, yeah, Harbs, I think this is the guy, it's just ridiculous. I, it's, it's, I mean, Lamar Jackson, if they put the tag on him – and they don't extend them, he's not going to be there for OTAs. He's not, he didn't give a damn what they're doing. He's not going to be there for minicamp. He's going to sign that contract exactly five seconds before the season starts. You know, and say, here you go. You can't find me. You can't do anything. If you're going to make me play it out for another year, I'll show up before week one. We'll see what it looks like then. Uh, it's It's been a continued story with Lamar Jackson, and it's just interesting every week the stuff that you hear or nothing at all and still wonder, how long is this going to go? Talking to Jason Lockenfor, speaking of uh, coordinators, and we talked about the Eagles obviously losing both offensive and defensive coordinators uh, to head coaching jobs. First team since 1994 to actually lose both coordinators to head coaching Ooh. jobs. Of course, the Falcons lost two coordinators, one of them that was fired, Richard Smith, when they uh, you know, blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. That doesn't really uh, help you keep your job. But what does this mean for the Eagles now in terms of what's next and, you know, what other type of turnover could we see from Philadelphia? Because, you know, there's a chance there could be a lot of change in this roster given free agency and some guys that are just getting sure. older, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the roster part, I mean, again, what you know, where, where is Kelsey? Where is Brandon Graham? Where is Fletcher Cox? You know, and Dominican Sue. Like, are those, are those guys up for it a little, again, one more time? Do they think they're close enough to doing it? You know, or are their bodies and their minds telling them, hey, that's as good as it was going to get, and it's it's time to go out on our terms? I mean, those guys are going to have to be afforded a little bit of time to decompress and, and make those sort of decisions. Um, you know, yeah, Robert Quinn, I mean, they, they did have, you know, a, a, a group of sort of guys, you know, on their last legs or close to it who filled in, um, you know, niche roles for them, rotation roles for them. Um, but, I mean, look, otherwise I think they're in pretty good shape. Uh, in terms of their roster, they've got two first-round picks. Howie Roseman has been absolutely crushing it lately, and that owner's dead set on winning another Super Bowl. And he continues to provide them um, resources financially in a way that not not every owner is willing to do. So I think they'll be just fine, even with Jalen Hurts on a big-time contract. And they have options in within. I mean, their quarterback coach is legit. I mean, there were people looking at him for the offensive coordinator. Um, if Sirianni wants to call plays, he's done it in the past. He obviously didn't do it um, with Steichen there, but he, he could do it. Um, or, or, again, he could delegate 
And I think Denard Wilson is a real up-and-coming, bright defensive mind who's coached in their secondary. He he played in the NFL. Um, I've I've followed his career pretty closely, and I know he's very well regarded in the Eagles organization and someone who they think has a bright coaching future. So I think Denard Wilson would be um, a perfect candidate to to step on up uh, one more level and run that defense. Jason, we uh, mentioned that most likely the Jets are the best landing spot for Derek Carr. Does that mean, in your mind, this is just all a ruse and a little back and forth kissing, you know, back and forth with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers? Does he just end up back in Green Bay? I don't think so. No, I think he ends up in Vegas, and I've thought that for quite some time. No, there's a lot of water under that bridge now, and... Um, they want to look at Jordan Love. They have to look at Jordan Love. And Aaron Rodgers is not ascending. He's plateaued and he's on the decline. And even when they went on their late streak there, you get people like Desmond Ritter and, and Baker Mayfield putting up a better quarterback rating than him. I mean, he was barely throwing the ball. They were running it. They were getting huge returns on special teams. And they fixed their defense. I mean, and, and even then they came up short in a crappy NFC. So, no, uh, they don't want to pay him $59 million next year to deal with his crap every week, and what's he going to say to McAfee now, and, you know, who's he going to drag next? And, and, and this is all on them. They created this monster. There's no winners here. They're, they all have egg on their face. Um, but, no, I think he wants to prove he can do it somewhere else. In fact, I know he wants to prove it. he can do it somewhere else. And if that right situation materialized, he will do that. Um, and I think Vegas is a very real possibility. Yeah, I think at some point, if you're the Packers, this is the best time you could possibly have to just give Jordan Love a, a, a chance because if you trade up in the first round for this guy and you never give him a shot and you go through all this drama, it's organizational malpractice. So you got to just cut bait at some point. This seems like the right time Agreed. to do it. I'm with you, Jason. Jason LaConfora, our Odyssey NFL insider. Great talking to you, man. Hey, have a good night, guys. Thank good you. Stuff. Thank and you. And he's, he's also make sure you check out the uh, In the Huddle uh, podcast on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcast. Just a very insightful guy. Oh, he knows everything about the NFL. He's as connected as it possibly can be. I was looking up real quick. Um, this Celtics lineup, Trista, I mean, it's Blake Griffin wearing number 91. Mike Mascala wearing 57. Yeah. You got Sam Hauser out there. Wow. Derek White, Grant Williams. That's the starting five for the Celtics tonight. And they're up one. Yeah, it's very that's early what though. I was saying. They're playing, they're playing with, they're going to coming out with a vengeance. Shane Steichen left the Eagles for the Colts. Can he fix the mess he's walking into, though?